Welcome to today's episode of Let Me Be Brief. I am your co-host, Andy Rieger of Jay Rieger & Co., joined as always by Matt Basinger of Swell Spark. Matt and I are both drinking gin tonics right now. And we are in the Let It Fly Media Studios. Today's episode is brought to you by M-Prize Bank. And we've got today in the studio with us Russ Rogers, the CMO of Hospice Serve. Russ, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Russ, softball question to get going. What does Hospice Serve do? A softball question. I, see, yep. I, was, I was prepared to answer a softball question. That's great. But, but this is a soft toss. I'm getting there it, it now. Yep. All right. So Hospice Serve is a management company that was developed to help hospices who do not have uh, certain things in place. So we do compliance, we do billing, we do um, marketing. Uh, we have 13 offerings that we give to hospices uh, was why it was developed. It has evolved to us owning um, seven other hospices around the country wow. that we do the service for. Okay. When did you start? Tell me like the brief history of, of how the company began, when the company began. So the main group of hospice serves started in 2007 okay. in Lansing, Kansas, and quickly moved to Lee Summit, Missouri. But we broke off from our original partners, and so hospice serve and the companies that are now um, owned and represented by Hospice Serve began in 2014. So we've been doing hospice since 2014. Yeah. And how do you, like, maybe to give a little bit more clarity to that picture, how do you decide that that was what you wanted to do, right? Well, so it's, it's kind of a funny story. I, I looked at the demographics and I realized that there were people that were um, aging out, um, my group included. So everybody hears about the baby, bo baby boomers. Mm -hmm. And if you do the math, babies from World War II and from Korea started being born between 1947 and 1954 and extended to 1958, but not at such a, at such a great rate. So if you add 74 years for men or 78 years life expectancy for women, that puts you to... Is that where we're at? That's where we're at men right is, now. Men, what? I thought we were much older than that in so, society. Or did COVID bring this numbers way down. No, it's that's it's still the death rate projection for 74? you. 74? Yeah, so I got nine years left, guys, according to the national death rate. Let's get going here. You, <laughs> let's pour you one of these gin tonics. <laughs> so um, if, you, if you do the math from that 1954, add 80 years to it, you're 2024. And so sure. we're right at the peak of the baby boomers' death rates. Hmm. So originally got into the business because it looked like it was a much needed business. Sure. When we started understanding it and, and looking at the demographics, realized that 52% of the people in the country don't use the benefit, even though it is a free benefit for them. So hmm. now that was why I got into the business. But yeah. as soon as I visited my first patient, I realized the difference we make in people's lives, the difference hospices make in people's lives, because they provide a social worker, an aide, a chaplain, a nurse. They provide all the meds. They provide all the durable medical equipment for that patient. And more importantly, they provide someone that goes and sees them several times a week. So mm -hmm. they provide value. So people that get on hospice live longer because of the value added. And um, it became a mission. And, and most, of our, most of our employees that we hire it's a mission for them. It's not a. It's not a job. It's something they want to do. So, 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 so quick clarity. You know, it, it sounded like sort of in the intro, you were more or less 
hired by hospice providers to help them streamline their business. But you just mentioned when you visited your first patient. So, so it, it sounded like you were talking about you guys are more or less like operations back end, but then you talked about patients. Can you sort of fill in the gap absolutely. there? Absolutely. So hospice serve is that service piece. It's the it's the marketing piece. It's the it's the compliance piece. It's the billing piece. Um, but the hospice companies are the ones that physically go out and see the patients. And so we have hospices in Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, and Colorado, and they have a group of patients that, that we typically take care in their physical home. Hmm. So you mentioned you started this first as a service of hospices. Now you have seven of them. Is that right? That That's you, correct. You all are operating yourselves. That's correct. What is the the split as far as the percentage of your business that is helping other hospices that you guys don't have the overarching control compared to the seven where you're doing kind of soup to nuts, everything? So it's um, it's pretty high for us owning the hospices. Mm -hmm. We originally thought going in that people, in, in fact, our motto is uh, we uh, we've helped, we've helped hospices. We help hospices grow. Sure. <laughs> Let me try that again. Our motto is we help hospices grow. But um, typically hospices don't want to pay for that service. They want, they want it gratis. And so we're probably 95% owned and 5% helping others. It's, it's been as low as 75, 25, but now it's 95, wow. five. Yeah. Is the goal or is part of the conversation as far as the hospices that you all don't control but are still serving that maybe when there's a transition that you might be able to step into an ownership of those? Or is it purely this is a separate wing of our company that focuses just on servicing other There have been times when we've, we've as we've developed hospices, as we've helped hospices, we've worked at trying to buy those hospices out. Sure. So, so it's a great marketing piece for us. I'm sorry. So no, 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 no. It's like, that's an awesome segue. So all the seven that you guys currently operate, you guys have purchased those, not started those from scratch? Both. Uh, Both. We, we have purchased some. Uh, we like to say we buy ugly hospices, and, and um, <laughs> there are people that just don't understand the rules. They don't yeah. understand the guidelines put on them by the federal government. But we also see markets that need... Um, different or more providers. And so we have built, we've built of the seven, we've, we've purchased four and built three from scratch. Okay. So, so are these ones that you're acquiring pretty much operators that are in over their head? Exactly. Yes. And, and so do they even require you to pay them or are they saying, take my liabilities from me? <laughs> Uh, it varies. Uh, we bought one for ten dollars, and it was a bad. It was a bad buy. <laughs> we were really upside down when we discovered everything that was hidden. Um, but we uh, uh, we did pay significantly for a couple others, yeah. and so the two in Colorado we purchased. Uh, but um, um, and they were they were struggling very very badly, and now they're not. Do you guys raise equity to do that? Do you guys get or, bank debt to do that? Originally, we um, originally we went out and sought partners and, and gave them a piece of the business. Um, now we're, we're working with a, uh, we're working with developing a relationship with Emprise that will allow us to then ex expand quicker it, as we identify these, go out and purchase them. And, and so, um, yeah, it's, uh, uh, we would like to fund this all ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. I've, I've always heard that Emprise is really good with m &A, So being able to get that bank debt on acquisitions, something that's probably it's, it's the, very the most attractive. It's very interesting to us and very interesting to them, I think. 
So employee count, going back to uh, you know what you're looking at, multiple states, like how many folks are working uh, with you all at this point? So each of our offices has about 30 employees, and we have another 15 in hospice serve. So mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm doing poor math here, but 220? Two, 225. Yeah. Thank you. That's that KU piece. There it is. Just there's fell that, in. That, I hope that number was right. Rock shock, right? <laughs> um, I mean, and, and are you all active? I know that the last year and a half has been, for some industries, a really challenging space for employee retention or for growth or for hiring. Have you all seen that? Are you actively growing? Is it just more maintaining as far as employee count? So there are three questions there. The, the, the first is growth. Yep. And so um, we have seen a, a significant growth. We've averaged 28% growth over the last five years. Wow, and so that's, that's huge. Yeah, thank you. Um, and if you think about your choice now, uh, whether to take care of mom at home, which is where most of us want to die. Most of us, if you think about where you want to die, you, you think about you want to die at home with the remote in your hand and pepper on your lap and the grandkids playing in the living room, right? Pepper is my dog, so Russ is already number one in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so that's where most people want to die. And so our business model is built around helping people die at home. Now, it, it takes it takes a, a more sophisticated nurse because mm-hmm. they're on their own. They can't hit a call button and say, I need to get Russ out of bed and take him down the hall or I need to give him a bath. It's mm-hmm. they're they're doing that all on their own. They they do all the wound care, they do all the treatments at home. And so mm-hmm. it takes a more sophisticated, more knowledgeable nurse. So um we have seen, because people want to stay home, we have seen an uptick in people wanting to come to hospice. Oh, and um, they're seeking us out because we are an in-home expert. Yeah. And so um, the second piece of that is we've had to add staff over the last two years. Uh, we have models based on how, how fast or how many patients a nurse can take care of, a chaplain can take care of. And based on that, we, we build our staffing models. Um, but the pandemic has made uh, finding qualified people harder. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, uh, you know, we, we, use, uh, we use the typical search engines, we use recruiters, but it has made fire, finding nurses, aides, chaplains harder. So we're filming this mid-September of 2021, just for the listeners out there. So let, let's talk about that for a second, finding qualified employee base. You know, it always seems like healthcare um, at home, in nursing home, has a huge uh, immigrant population behind that general workforce. And it sort of always seems like that is a very highly tapped workforce group. And in hearing about a lot of the economic issues that we've been having with hiring in the country, it sort of seems like government and economists are really starting to talk more and more about we're just going to have to start tapping the immigrants that live in America to really start filling these voids in some of these workforce blanks, more or less, that are being, or voids that are being left behind. Is that sort of a big key part of your overall workforce? We are not seeing that. Um, we are, we are because most of our labor is skilled labor, uh, a nurse has to go through three years of, of education, mm-hmm. typically because we're looking for a more seniored, more tenured nurse. Um, they have to have med surge, ICU, uh, um, history or in their, in their, uh, wow. I mean, Experience. There we go. There's the word. Yes. Man. <laughs> Matt, ate, have... Matt ate his Wheaties this morning. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have to have that ICU uh, uh, med surge experience. And so um, it, it makes, 
it a little tougher to find those nurses. Yeah. Chaplains, social workers, social workers have to be masters prepared. It's it's a higher skill set than than what we're seeing now. Doesn't doesn't say we are not saying we're opposed to finding folks that are immigrating to the country that sure. would that have gone through the training, but but we need to go through that process. So so then, are you guys able to grow? When we just talked a little bit about twenty eight percent growth annually over the past five years, do you believe that you're going to be able to continue to achieve that growth? Or do you think that sort of the the void being left and a lack of qualified workforce that want to work is going to hinder you guys from hitting that same hurdle? No, we, we're, we're full pedal to the metal in growth mode. And so we believe we will continue to grow. Uh, we have adjusted our salaries to make us, uh, our salaries and our benefits to make us a, a very good competitor in the job market. And so we we don't believe that will be a hindrance to us. Is your growth based on bolstering your existing markets and your existing facility probably isn't the right word, but or is your growth based off of again more future acquisitions or getting into more markets? Both. Uh, we we have organic growth planned and we're seeing it. Uh, but um, again, with the partnership with Emprise, we are um, looking to expand to two other markets right now, one in North Colorado and one in North Kansas City. I'm from service. the great town of Greeley, Colorado, so I know North Northern Colorado well. There you go. Um, so, you know, your role as, as CMO, what does that, like, are you guys, um, is the marketing right now as far as getting new clients, is that focused primarily on getting new staff? Um, I, I feel like I'm so out of the world that you are operating in. Like I'm trying to get customers to show up for an hour and a half and throw axes or come to an escape sure, room. But sure. like, how how do you focus on marketing for what you do? So marketing for the patients mm -hmm. and um, is really an education piece. Uh, we educate, our marketing group educates on why we serve your mom and dad better. Mm. Where's the best place to keep mom and dad in, sure. in this time of crisis? What qualifies mom and dad for hospice? Um, and how we are handling the pandemic, because that's a huge piece for us all yeah. right now, is how are we handling, especially with the, the uptick in COVID again, how are we handling that and how are we keeping mom and dad safe? And sure. if it wasn't the microphone in front of me, I would knock on wood and, and say <laughs> in the two years of pandemic, we have not had a single case of us spreading the pandemic to yeah. a patient or a patient spreading the pan pandemic wow. to us. Do you all offer in-home vaccinations? We do not offer in-home vaccinations, but I'm sure we'll get to that. The, yeah. the, the state the government is right now, they're, they're looking for anyone that will vaccinate to, <laughs> to offer that. But we don't do that right now. Yeah. So your marketing is primarily targeted at like the, the sons and daughters of folks who are going to be using your services and not your customers themselves. Is that accurate? That's correct. Okay. So it's, it's twofold. We're, we're looking at sons and daughters to educate them on okay. who and what to uh, and how to use our service. And there were also educating referral sources, which mm -hmm. could be doctors, nursing homes, uh, specialists on what the hospice benefit is. If you think about a doctor, they spend eight to 12 years learning how to cure people. Mm -hmm. And they, they spend about 12 minutes learning how to take care of people as they're dying. Sure. And so it's an education process for the physicians yeah. too on what does this stage look like and how do we get through it? Yeah. Or us, we could keep talking, but this podcast is called Let Me Be Brief. So we're not <laughs> going to. We, we got to cut it off at some point. But to take it away from business completely, we always like to, to end with this question. What is the coolest thing that you have ever done? What is the... Well, I struggled with this. I saw yep. it as I was preparing, yep. and, I, and I really struggled with this. Um, 
I've and for the listeners, you wouldn't know this by looking at me, but I've I've completed three Ironman triathlons and qualified twice for the Ironman World Championship in Hawaii. Oh dang! But Hawaii, Hawaii. I got stores there. It's a good yeah. state. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. See, there we go. But and really, Colorado and, and Southern Missouri. He's all over the place. I just, I just don't travel. I just sit on box all day long. Okay. Keep going. <laughs> But seeing both kids born was really pretty cool, and so oh man, that is, that is you, the you, obligatory answer, mm, which I appreciate. You didn't give him the the, the horse blinders. He's, That's your fault. <laughs> but he started with the Iron Man, so I will accept that as an answer that we can take here on the Let Me Be Brief podcast. There we Matt, go. Matt, Matt <laughs> always says you can't use the cop out answer of like the day you got married or yeah, the day my my beautiful kids were born. my beautiful wife. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. But good job doing both. Russ, thank you so much on behalf of Emprise Bank, Let It Fly Media, Jay Rieger and Co. As well as Bark, we really appreciate appreciate you sharing your time with us, sharing a little bit about what you do, and we wish you continued success as you keep moving forward. Thank you very much. Appreciate the time, guys.